Okay, welcome to episode 60 of the United Pubcast. We are finally back at the pub. It seems like it has been an absolute age. Um, last podcast we recorded together was the Thriller New Old Draw against Wolves. Now, before we get into it, it's obviously going to be a positive podcast after beating Chelsea. Before we get into it, um, we might as well touch on the very sad news yesterday that Harry Gregg passed away. Now, it was only two weeks ago or so we actually did the podcast on Munich so if you haven't listened to that go back in um, episode 57 and we spent a little bit of time spent five or so minutes talking about Harry Gregg um, out of the blue completely out of the blue and I sort of have to admit sort of almost shed a slight tear when you hear the news I mean it is sad news uh, and he's a significant part of Munich and what is ultimately United's history um, and you know what he was a fine footballer and I think he said it himself he doesn't want that to be overshadowed for his heroics in Munich, which again just speaks to the man. So uh, may he rest in peace and obviously condolences to his family and friends. Yeah, not 100% agreed. Um, now we might as well get straight into the actual positive stuff and the football. Um, Solskjaer schools Frank Lampard again. Mate, I think it, we have to say it now. Is Lampard Solskjaer's bitch? I, I think need, he is. I don't need to question. It's yeah. facts are facts. All right, so let's go buy a leash. We'll yeah. give it a <laughs> we'll give it a Solskjaer. Be like, mate, the next time you see Frank, just clip it around his neck and let's go for a little walk, eh? Well, he went... We'll get into the formation now. I don't think the 3-5-2 is anything really to talk about. It seems in a big game, 3-5-2 is sort of what Solskjaer does, so there's no real surprises there. But the surprise for me was... Who's that new signing number three? Played at the back. Who's who? Eric Bay, eh? Where did he come from? Um, like I don't know where he came from. I think they picked him up in Marbella in the in the winter trip. Yeah, I mean, look, it was nice to see him there, wasn't it? Hey, was, you know what I love about Eric Bay, mate? He's, he's like a party mix bag in Valens Lollies. Just you're gonna get all sorts. Well, that turn he did in the, I think it was in the first half. I think he took the ball up Batshuayi, then did sort of a, a reverse step over yeah. and took it around him. When he did that step over, I wanted to kill him. I wanted to just put him on the transfer list then, but then he somehow he managed to weasel his way out and dribble the ball out to safety, and it looked fantastic. Mate, good um, fit. I was, I was quite surprised he was out in his locker. Yeah. I know, look, but I think... It, the, I don't think there was any real mistakes from him, though. Like it was with a Eric Bay performance, you kind of expect maybe one or two flashy points like that, and obviously his tackle on Kovacic at the end. But he didn't really have any sort of brain snaps or anything. No, there was one uh, occasion, his first touch of the ball, I think, in the first half, yeah. where he handed possession over, but then he's made the distance up to clean it up. It was the most Eric Bay 60 seconds yeah. I've ever seen. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't know, because I obviously watched the match a little bit on delay, so I didn't sort of follow all the pre-match stuff when Lindelof was announced or, or sort of not announced in the team. So you said he was ill, not injured? Yeah, the reports have come through that he, he was unwell, so... I'm sure he'll be back, um, possibly Friday even. It'll be a hard one because, as I said, not every game is a 3 5 2, so it'll be interesting where sort of Solskjaer now ranks Bay and Lindelof, like who's ahead in the pecking order. I'll be surprised if Lindelof has been you know, dropped after one good performance from Bay, but I thought he looked really strong. And I think that one of the things that we don't want to bring up a negative, but with Bay, the bigger thing now, do you really expect him to be fit for Sunday? 
Uh, I mean, I, I we, we, we can yeah. see a report coming out that he's out for another two weeks or something like that. Well, fingers crossed he's not. But all the reports coming out are he's worked really hard on his conditioning. The reason he was out for such a long period of time, in fact, was he was rushing to come back. He was just dying to play. Whereas with this, with this injury, he's taken his time. So let's hope he stays fit because I think there's a really quality footballer in there. Uh, uh, besides Eric Bay, there was no real surprise with the team. I think when we do line with two up front, line up with two up front, Daniel Jones has played as sort of a striker, which. Is a sort of we can discuss that, but it's no real surprise given the options. Um, no real surprise Agallo didn't come, uh, didn't start the match. So might get on to the other striker and his goal. It's actually not a quite, not a bad first half. I didn't think for Martial, but definitely cut it off the right way. It was a world class header. I was, um, and you know something with Martial is you don't really associate aerial strength as something that he's good at. Well, I think when he had that goal, it was. We flip-flop every week. We say he's a left winger, he performs bad out there. No, we say no, he's a striker, he performs yeah. bad there. We say no, he's a left winger. When you see a goal like that, it just shows he has all the attributes to be the centre forward. He does, but he was so frustrating. Like, in that first half, there were so many times where, just before he scored the goal, actually, I recall, he gave the ball to someone and then he made the run. Where he was frustrating me was he was given the ball, cutting in, passing it, and then just not making the run. But then just, yeah, moments before, the, towards the end of the first half, he gave it and then he took a run and he beat, uh, I think it was Jorginho, left him dead. Yeah. And I'm just like, Tony, you've got the pace, you've got strength, you're a good frame. Like, mate, just back yourself a little bit more, work a little bit harder. So frustrating because he's got the ability to be a world beater. But look, at the end of the day, you won your forwards scoring goals and he did that, so... Well, besides that goal, which is obviously a fantastic goal, and we always say, well, he can, can we do do that more consistently for Martial? Someone who we scream for consistency in the build-up to that goal, Juan Bissaka, we say he lacks that sort of cutting edge going forward, but he definitely produced there. It was classy. Um, and, and again, but, but again, sorry to interrupt, but again, yeah. he shows the attributes. He, we've always said he doesn't sort of quite execute, but he obviously can. We, we always see he has in his locker to do that. And when it comes off, it's fantastic. Same with Martial. So it's no surprise for Juan Bissaka to do that, but it just needs to do it again and again and again, not once every six months. For Juan Bissaka, I think it's all a mental game. It's just about making the right decisions, putting your feet in the right place, deciding what you want to do when the defender's a certain way so you can beat him. I think with Martial, it's just simply a work ethic thing. If he wants to run, he can run. We all, we've seen countless times he can beat people for fun, but it's just about how badly does he want to do it. Yeah, no, Martial is a weird one, but when you are the centre forward, as a leaf just falls from the sky and lands on Larry's head. Um, but yeah, I think regardless of his actual performance in play, when you score a key goal like that on the stroke of half-time and your team wins, you've done your job as a striker, I think, so a fair I'd play for Now, someone who has dominated the headlines, well, not dominated the headlines, but you sort of seem to be in the thick of everything, um, Captain Fantastic Harry Maguire. What, what do you want to t- discuss first, the goal or the kicking batch-wise nuts? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know which one I enjoyed more. We'll, we'll do the VAR decision because he very well. As soon as it went to VAR, he very well could have been sent off. I and no doubt, and I think that's the thing here. VAR reviewed it. It's not a case of it was missed. It was checked. I personally didn't have an issue with it because I think the force was very light. I, I don't know what he was thinking, but, you know, I think Bashawise made the most of it. Um, the way I see I it, no it's, it's not one of those things if it's in a different part of the pitch, but when defend, when you're defending a corner or you're attacking a corner, 
there's little things that are painful, but they're more annoying. Like maybe when the corners come in, you go to take off and you stand on someone's toes, or you get defenders who like they'll pinch you just to annoy you, or if someone's got a ponytail, there'll be a quick tug of the ponytail sort of thing. So again, they're not nothing too violent. They're just annoying. And if you go by the letter of the law, some of those things can be seen as red cards. So with this one with Harry Maguire, yes, he kicks him. It's not a kick. It's a just a little, a little annoyance. Like it's, it's more no, of a kick out. Like you, it's hardly he, any he, force. He didn't kick him to hurt him. Yeah, that's right. It was like the David Beckham in, in uh, um, against Simeone in the '98 World Cup. It's a kick. It's, it didn't hurt Simeone at all. Obviously, he made the most of it and got Beckham sent off. But um, obviously, Chelsea fans are going to be pissed off with it. And maybe if it was shoe was on the other foot, I would be pissed off with it. But. I can't really have any complaints of I think we should talk about how good his performance was. In fact, the last month or so, he's really stepped up. There was that Man City game where I thought he was immense. Uh, and I think he's just gone from game to game now. He's starting to look like... Look, I don't know what an 80 million defender is meant to look like, but I feel like he's really starting to feel comfortable in, in that shirt and in that captaincy role. And I think he's playing really well. I think we're always you got a big money signing and not just a new signing but like a new player in a new team and sort of the biggest team in the league regardless of where we sit on the table it's going to take time to adapt he's not going to come in ideally yes he'd come in and be fantastic from day one but he's going to take time so this was he six months into it seven months into it so yeah, um, yeah I've got no no dramas with the way he's performing but as you say he definitely is um, improving before no, no, I would say improving just been a lot more consistent and I think he's doing a lot more, so we sort of take notice of it a little bit more. But something we have cried out for, and obviously when he's not sort of driving FA Cup goals in the top corner against Tranmere, we have been crying out for him to get on the end of some corners. Um, we'll get into Bruno Fernandes in the delivery later, but um, his actual goal, I've mentioned on Twitter, something about when your centre-back scores sort of a dominating header, something special about it. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but... It looked good. Defenders are authority figures in, in a football team, so I think that's probably where you get that feeling from. And <laughs> I think from a United fan perspective, it was just refreshing to see. I don't remember the last corner we scored off to you. Phil Jones. But it, that wasn't really a corner like that. that was, no, it, I mean, it was Tranmere, yeah. right? Like, you put it in a yeah. context. But this was a pure dominant centre-half getting above everyone else against a good side. Yeah. And a, a team with big bodies, so... He did well, um, played well, and he topped off his performance for me, and it was really nice. You could see it meant a lot to him. Well, the thing, um, well, obviously, credit to Maguire, and really happy for him, but it doesn't go in without Bruno Fernandes crossing the ball. It, it, and it sounds simple. We've said for ages, you need someone who can deliver, and someone like Maguire will benefit from it. And it sounds very, I don't know, amateur or beginner on FIFA level. They're very simple, basic tactics. But it is. Get the ball. That delivery was just textbook. It is simple, but we seem to struggle to do it. But you get a player who well, can Pat do it. Well, Pat Pereira has been hitting the first man. Fred, who hits the first man. Ashley Young, who dinks it over in the Great Wall of China. That's how high it goes. And it's just the difference when he just whipped that ball in. Yeah, um, mate, just on Fernandez, he, his class, I thought he was brilliant today. And the thing is, he's not doing anything outrageous. You can just see that with better players comes better quality. And there was a, especially that... Um, we didn't see really patterns of play per se, but I liked the exchange between him and Fred uh, in that first half. It just showed the potential of what could be when there's a bit more chemistry, when you get Rashford back. Like, Fernandez is, for me, very similar to Pogba. I think, well, and, you know, that's another thing. Uh, he's definitely Pogba's replacement, but 
I just I like the way he just goes about his football. It always seems in the game, doesn't seem to flow in and out of it. And I thought it was a really good performance. Well, that was the thing. And these are two. Look, you look at the table, and we're not two top teams. But I think what we struggled with against the lesser teams, what is just that lack of well, not lack of quality, but just that just that one player who can produce something. I think the game was relatively even today. But Bruno Fernandez, while actually, well, he did get the assist, but without a goal or without a a performance like, full of highlights sort of a highlight reel show I think it was the difference between the two teams because Chelsea if you look in terms of chances probably had more chances than us and the balance of play I think was quite even they sort of in both boxes I think Chelsea had the better of the game but the difference comes with quality and you know, well Bruno Fernandes is the difference in decision making and quality on the ball so um, fair play to him because I've been crying out for it and um, it's definitely got to be a hot topic because we'll get into Pogba in a little bit but He's, got, he's probably the replacement for Pogba, if we're being honest. I have no doubt. I think it's the same player. Pogba's a little bit taller. Bit because, because where did Bruno Fernandes play today? Well, what position did he play? I'm not, I, well, yeah. I think it was in midfield. Yeah, I, no, no, I, he's yeah, in midfield. But, oh, sorry, I'm on the right wing, the left wing. Picking he was the ball all up. over the place, yeah, right? There was no position. Like, cause no. I remember there was a lot of drama last week, or the Wolves match. Everyone was pissed off that he was playing so deep. But I think he's just one of those players who goes and wherever the game is, that'll dictate where he plays. Yeah, and that's what I like about him. Like, my criticism of Pogba is he has the ability to float out of a game. Fernandez looks like he wants to be in the game. Really, like, he's got real leadership qualities about him. I really admire that. Now, before we move on from the game, we might as well touch, because he obviously does come in for a lot of criticism, but he definitely needs praise today, Solskjaer. Man, he does it against the big sides, doesn't he? And uh, it gives you hope that with better quality players, and again, got to take into account, who were we missing today? Rashford, Pogba, again, McTominay. You bring those players back in, again, it's a stronger side. Um, I know Chelsea were missing a few as well. Um, Tammy Abraham, most notably, but... Look, again, tactics spot on. United played well. We survived their onslaught. <laughs> Granted, I thought Batshuayi missed a few chances. Um, there was one thing, one thing with Batshuayi, which had nothing to do with us, but I, yeah. I just want to bring it up. It was the, ga- the goal where... Or the disallowed goal. Not even disallowed goal. I think what happened, there was a handball in the build-up, and the ball fell to Mason Mount, who had a shot. De Gea made a really good save against the post, and the ball fell back into the middle of the six-yard box. And the whistle had already gone for a handball, which was a right, rightly sort of right decision by the referee. But the ball, De Gea had saved it onto the post, and the ball rolled across the goal line, and Batshuayi was there to tap in. And the whistle to Batshuayi's credit had gone. However, Batshuayi didn't put the ball in the goal. He sort of juggled it and handled the ball himself to pick it up. In today's game, you have to put that away because if he scores that, then it goes to VAR and the VAR can overturn the referee. So if the referee got that handball decision wrong, even though it was a whistle, they probably would have given the goal. So again, nothing to do with us, but if I'm Batshuayi was on my team, I would have been filled. If the goal wouldn't have been allowed, but you just can't take that risk now because... has shown to be overturned. I thought he missed some really good chances. Chelsea fans hate him now. Like they, oh, like, yeah. they like his social media game, but on the field, I think he's a bit... He was quite poor, yeah. And like, Look, you could say we rode our luck, but I think with the, the VAR calls where they've overturned both goals, they were both correct. Uh, Brendan Williams definitely fouled. Um, Giroud definitely offside. Like Again, you don't have to like the rule, but to the letter of the law, he was clearly offside. So, yeah. take it. We will go on to 3-2-1s now. We could do a whole podcast on 3-2-1s today because it will be very hard to say, so I'll be the gentleman and give you the honour of picking the three points because well, we could debate it all day. Too I'd... kind. Um, I want to give it to I want to give it to Maguire. I just really like the way that 
It was such a dominant force. I almost want to give it a Bruno, but I just thought he handled everything that came to him and he stood out. I love it when a centre-back stands out against a good side and scores the goal. His first Premier League goal for United. Real captain's performance. So just on that point, I want to give it to Maguire. Yeah, no, um, absolutely hard to argue. And uh, yeah, he'd be probably be up there for me because you keep a clean sheet. Okay, we didn't maybe concede one or two goals, but obviously they don't count. So you keep a clean sheet away at a big team. You win, you score. You're the captain. It's well, that's why you pay. That's why you cost eighty million. So can't argue with Maguire. For me, two points. Look, as good as Bruno Fernandez was, and Martial got the goal. Juan Bissaka I thought did well. I thought we we haven't mentioned, but I thought Luke Shaw was very good. Again, but for me. Two points, Fred. I thought just seen everything. Can't argue with that. I, I love his work rate, and you know we discussed it in the the, the Wolves game we did together. Like the, the amount of ground he covers every game, he, he's unreal. He's stepped up so much, and I thought he was finished, mate. But he's, he's yeah. such a good player, and I'd love to see him in, in a winning uh, a winning Premiership squad in the years to come. Did you see the photo of him where him and Kante where he just sort of smiling next to him as he's taking the yeah, ball? Yeah, off yeah, yeah. Really, <laughs> really good photo. Okay, so Maguire for three points, Fred for two, anyone for one? I mean, there are plenty of options for one. Um, it's difficult, uh, this one. Just because of how many people there are, I almost want to give it a Wambasaka. I got the assist, played really well. I think let's give it a Fernandez. I think that's the right place to go. He got the assist, he played really well. I thought he did the simple things really well, kept midfield ticking over, and he just showed with that little bit of quality. I don't think, look, do you, do you win the game today without Fernandez? I don't think you do. Yeah. And from that point of view, I think you give it to him. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. And look, I, I didn't have any concerns at all when we were signing him. I obviously never saw too much of him in Portugal, but everyone was raving about him, and I just held a little, little bit back. I was thinking, okay, he looks a good player, but. I don't know, let's see, I've seen good players come in before and fail. And we can't judge him at all yet. We're going to have to judge him in a year or two. Yeah. It's only been two games, but um, he's proven a difference. He's um, just in terms of quality. Well, regardless of how he plays, even if he had a bad game today or against Wolves, you can just tell when he's on the ball, he's a better footballer than what we have. So, uh, and, that, and I think that counts for a lot. So, um, really happy with Bruno Fernandes so far. Now all the positives out of the way, let's touch on... The negative that just doesn't go away. Who do you want to start on, Rayola or Pogba? Oh gosh, I mean, look, we can kind of put them in a, we can kind of uh, chuck them all together, can't we? But bloody hell, I mean, Rayola needs to keep his mouth shut for starters. Like, damn it, mate! Like, Pogba controls what he says. I don't care. Like, there's no way Rayola saying anything without Pogba's blessing. And to to accuse Solskjaer of racist tones, like, come on, mate! Like, that's ridiculous. And he knows. He knows very well. Solskjaer did not mean any racism or anything like that. So the fact that he suggests that there was racist undertones just shows the kind of scumbag that Rayola is. And it speaks to the character of Pogba. If you want to leave, keep your agent quiet. Don't even play another game for us. Just happily go out the back door. Look, it's hard because look at us. We're both on this podcast. We're both big fans of Paul Pogba and probably don't want to see him leave in terms of what he brings on the field. And... A lot of people have been proven right in terms of, look, if he leaves, we're going to be a weaker team, no, no doubt. We're going to definitely, we're going to have to replace him, whether Bruno Fernandes is or isn't the replacement. I just think it's got to the stage, even as great a footballer as he is, as much as I want him to stay and think he can help, yeah, almost like Solskjaer. Okay, this is a great win for Solskjaer, but inevitably I think he's going to get the sack. For his sake, I just think get rid of him. I think the same thing for Pogba. It's inevitable he's going to go. It's only going to get worse with him here in terms of he's dealing with Solskjaer and the agent, so just get rid of him. I don't want him to go in terms of what he brings on the pitch. 
but just it's just a circus yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more to add really I, I don't want to speak about Rayola I just uh, he's just a selfish man he's doing his job but whatever get rid now on to well negative yeah it's, well it's positive it's, it's, but it's um, definitely relative to us is um, and it definitely deserves a whole podcast um, for itself because it obviously is Manchester City based but I think it definitely affects us this whole city band we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit but we'll definitely dedicate a whole podcast to it I think once the sort of final decision is made two year band from the Champions League do you believe it do you think it's going to happen do you... I don't think two years will stand I think it'll go down to one um, which is still big news it is big news but I think people have been a little bit over the top I know that's hard to believe on the internet right people overreacting to things but um, people suggesting, oh, you know, they'll go into the prem- the, um, the Premiership or the Premiership, the I'm having the biggest mind blank, League the two. Ch- League Two. They're, they're, they're not getting relegated. No. Um, that suggestion, um, the suggestion that, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they get their title strip, but like the suggestion there'll be this mass exodus of players, Guardiola, like Guardiola's already put his support behind them. Um, look, I. It's a, I don't, a financial fair play is a con- controversial one. If you look at it from a history perspective, you know, United grew organically, um, Arsenal, Liverpool, so forth. If you look at it from that perspective, it's like, if you really deserve to make it to the top, then do it the right way. But then I look at it the other way and it's like, let's put it in perspective. If I own a, a cafe, is it wrong of me to put as much money as I want into that cafe to make sure it's successful? If you're looking at it from that perspective, being sensible, it's like, it's kind of stupid, isn't it? Um, it benefits us. I couldn't give two hoots about Manchester City. They could get relegated. They could fold. I really wouldn't be bothered. Um, from a United perspective, I think it'll stand. And now it's the race for fifth, isn't it? Well, that, that's the thing regarding fifth. And yeah, I don't, don't, really don't have too much more to add on the City thing. I think we can spend an hour talking about it. But in terms of what we know, I think... Until it's sort of sorted by the Court of Arbitration score, I don't really think there's much to discuss because, as I said, I think the band will be reduced. I think it'll be more sort of fine orientated rather than length of time spent out of the competition. But, um, yeah, I don't think we've had anything more to it. But um, Are we finishing fifth? The fifth, that, that's what I want to mention. Um, fourth and fifth. Do you think I haven't read any reliable reports that suggest fifth would be open? Do you think? Have you heard anything in well, regards? Well, yeah, to that's you, what. Um, would it only be three spots? Will it be the fifth? Yeah. So from what I've read, it looks like fifth will be fourth. Um, well, assuming Manchester City stay in fourth uh, in yeah. the top four, which I'd be very surprised but, if they but, dropped but that's, out. That's the thing with them. If they know beforehand that regardless of where they finish or that's even your motivation, the they will not be in the Champions League. Mm. The teams they're going to field in the Premier, they'll put then all the eggs in the basket of the Champions League. They'll be fielding their under 12s team in the Premier League, and suddenly they fall out of that top five, and then it is top four. I mean, look, I don't see them going to that length, but look, they've got a deep squad. But, they but, could but, definitely but Guardiola rotate. now. You say Guardiola stays, and Guardiola's not going to stay if they don't have Champions League. And I think he will put 100% focus into. Because a lot of their yeah. players, you assume, have got in their contracts saying, if I don't make, play Champions League football, I can go for this price. Not just that, uh, reduced wages. Yeah. Um, also, how do you attract big name players? If it's a two year ban, that's substantial. Um, and the, the other issue is, how do you motivate your players to play for anything? Yeah. I mean, they could still win the, champ- uh, the, the, the Premiership, obviously, but for a lot of players in modern football, Champions League is a really big appeal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, 
who cares? Not our problem. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. But I think I think in a couple of weeks we probably will do a dedicate a whole podcast to it because I think it directly does impact us. But um, you're listening to this on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, wherever you are. A couple of days till the Bruges match. Um, it's a Friday morning here in Australia. The Bruges match. Not too much to touch on it. I think the main thing. Do you think Agala starts? As Larry uh, shows me a video of Agala on his Instagram. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what um, I think Agala does start um, against uh, Club Brugge. Is that how you say it? Club Brugge. Club Brugge. Brugge. I think. Yeah. Right. I'll have some Belgian waffles while I watch that game. But um, I think Belgium. Uh, Belgium. I think Bruges beat Real Madrid in the Bernabeu this year, or at least drew with them in the Champions I mean, League. Look, if you're making it, if you're in the Champions League, you're not a bad side. Um, they've dropped out, so look, it's it's going to be a test. Um, all, all football games are. We should win. Should. Uh, is this away from home? First leg's away from home. So. Yeah. Look, I actually think that's a good thing for United. Um, they, and, they reckon yeah. McTominay might be back, maybe. I hope so. Um, do you think? But what's interesting is, does Martial get rested for this one, or do you look at playing Igalo and Martial together? Because for me, if you can get Martial, almost what Rashford was doing—not a winger in the traditional sense, more of an inside forward—get um, Igalo through the middle, like even in his small touches. Um, and again, he's not brilliant at holding up the ball. Is he Ibrahimovic? No, but you saw that he brings something there. Um, I was, mate, I was cheering oh, for him to if, score if that, that goal. That goal went in. Oh, I think people would have been on the pitch. Yeah, um, I really felt for him there. And I, I, if people can cast their mind back, I'm not sure if many remember, but I had similar feelings. I hope it doesn't have the same outcome. I remember Falcao when he came off the bench in his first game. Everyone was crying for him to score a goal, and he got this chance right at the end. And the keeper made it quite a good save. So I think it oh, would have been nice if he scored. And he, he never got going. So I hope with a goal, he does get going. But um, yeah, I was really um, not upset for him. But it just it was a bit of a shame that he didn't sort of tuck that away because. As I said, I think many of the away fans would have been on the pitch if that went in. So um, I think that's the main thing for the Bruges match. Um, does Agalo play? And I think if Agalo plays, that does impact in terms of Martial, like well, Mason Greenwood. The Premiership's suddenly very important, and now coming fifth has extra emphasis. Um, if you're looking at it from Solskjaer's point of view, I'm putting, like, if the, the fact that you're now aiming for fifth is a really big appeal, and. Um, I'd almost be tempted to rest Martial, start Agalo, and then look at starting them together against Watford. I think it's Watford. We're not touched on Watford, but it's just one of those games that if history... Yeah, we anything, could lose it. We it, could. It's yeah. almost written in the stars. <laughs> you can see it's the game we struggle in. So, But I think it's the game maybe Agalo's brought in for, and obviously it's his ex-team. But in terms of that deep-line defence, just have that central focus, focal point up front. So. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting, the team selection. The, the team selection will tell us everything about the Watford match, I think. So... Um, they're very interesting, but we'll get into the Facebook comments today, and there have been a fair few, so thank you everyone for getting involved. So I don't want to sort of skip over any comments, but we'll just pick up one or two points from each uh, each post. Pete Gilmore on the Facebook page in his 3-2-1s has Bruno for three, Fred for two, and Maguire for one. So the same players, just different orders. Um, Maguire and oh, and he's got his 0.5 for Bay for the tackle at the end, so giving half a point to Eric Bay. Which even here, like, if we talk about Maguire for three points, I think okay, the goals have tips him over the edge, but Eric Bay definitely, which we obviously praise at the start of the podcast, but definitely in for praise. I mean, I wouldn't give three points to him, but I thought he was very good. Um, look, he'd need to be a bit more consistent for me, but I think he can push Lindelof for that starting berth. The only criticism and where Lindelof is stronger is on the ball. Um, you can definitely see that. Um, Lindelof won't do any crazy turns in his half. Well, Eric Bay is not a footballer. He's a real, he's a defender's defender. He's yeah. not a 
But in saying that, what he offered in the air on those set pieces, you could see like he was up there with Maguire when he scored too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Robert also said, so proud today. Everyone dug in for a must-win game. And obviously, welcome back, Eric Bay. And I think that was the one thing, especially with the news just before the match or the day before with um, Harry Gregg passing. I think a lot of us just got into the mood of sort of forgetting, okay, three points would be good, the race of fourth, the race of fifth, and all that jazz. It was more just just put in a performance that sort of would make someone like that proud. And I think there was a lot of moments in the game where there was fight. You know, play, Fred was getting stuck in, even one Bissaka sort of arced up to Azpilicueta. So um, there were a lot of moments where the players definitely did show they cared. Sometimes we can question their ability, um, or a lot of the times we can question their ability. But um, with this team, we don't often question their desire, so and, um, yeah, and a fair play to them for that. And doesn't Solskjaer deserve credit for that? Yeah. Like so many. Look, 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 for as many things we criticise Solskjaer, yeah. you look, there's evidence of the things you have to praise him for. Everyone out there looks like they're dying to be in that red shirt, and like that's a great thing. And I think that's an underrated thing because it's the main thing we've sort of criticised over the years under Van Hal, under Mourinho, etc. Players maybe not given a hundred percent, and we say we don't care about the result. We just want a team that shows passion and shows fight. Well, we're getting that now. Maybe the results aren't there, but we're getting what we asked for. So it's a bit of a balancing act with that one. Um, Josh, who was on the podcast we did last week regarding the 07-08 season, 08-09, said, I think this game really highlighted how much of an intelligent player Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez is. So many times in the first half, he was making runs into, into important positions and everyone was taking two, three touches at a snail's pace. Having said that, much better second half and a nice to get a goal from a set piece as well, which seems forever, but as I said, Phil Jones technically scored one off a corner, but sadly we sort of skip over Phil Jones' goals at the moment. Um, Sire also said Fred, man of the match, followed by Maguire and Bruno. So I think we've got those three sort of spot on. Maybe just everyone has their own opinion on different orders. Um, Troy, um, Troy Sully, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. I think, again, Bruno Fernandez just... I did like him when we signed him, but I'm now seeing exactly what he brings. And um, not only what he brings on the pitch, but everyone off the field is sort of getting behind him. And it's, just, it's a feel-good factor when he's on. This might be a little controversial, but I think what he offers, and I could be proven wrong, but I, I'm seeing the prospects of he'll bring more to this team than what Pogba brings, should he be his replacement. Simply because he's got a better work ethic. Granted, he's not as physical. He's not going to be scoring headers. Um, but I think his work rate, his delivery from corners, when you just look at it from that perspective, I think he's going to add more value to the team long term. I really believe that. Very well could. Like, there's no doubt in Paul Pogba, one of the best players out there. But I say sometimes it's just it's about like a jigsaw piece, something that fits at the right time. And that might not have to be the better player, but just the right player at the right time. And I think Pogba's the right player, but maybe the wrong time. So um, last comment was George, who's also been on the podcast. Finally, we do the double over Chelsea, which can we play? Actually, it's not even the double. We do the treble over Chelsea. We've got the, the Carlin Cup as well. Yeah. Actually, I heard the commentary. It's the first time we've done the double over Chelsea in the league since before the Premier League. It was 86 or 87. Yeah, right. Which is I was still swimming crazy. around in a scrotum <laughs> at that time, mate. And I think on that note, I think should we finish it there before we start talking babies? Yeah, probably. Okay, so thank you everyone for enjoying the podcast or listening to the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully the audio wasn't too bad. It is um, seemingly since we started this podcast, this pub is becoming more and more popular. Our listeners are gathering around. You can see them. We'll sign the autographs later. But um, 
appreciate everyone's support. Make sure you keep liking everything on Facebook. Subscribe on all the podcast apps, um, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And again, anyone wants to get involved over the coming weeks, send us a message and we'll gladly have you on. Anything else to add? No, that's it, mate. See ya. Next week, I think next Monday, when we've got Bruges and Watford, I think we'll get together after the Watford game. Sounds good. To discuss the frustrating one-all draw. All right, sounds (laughs) like a plan. All right, cheers. See ya.